are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Trana. I cover your New York Giants for a variety of places. Find my work by following me on Twitter at Patricia underscore Trana. And with me today is Emery Hunt. He was with me yesterday on the show. We broke down uh, what we saw on offense on the through you know after the first week of Giants training camp. Emery's going to now... Uh, talk to me about defense and what we've seen. And we're just going to kind of compare notes a little bit. Emery, so glad to have you back on the program. Thanks so much for the time, as always. Appreciate you having me on, as always. Ready to talk some Giants. All right. Let's do it, Emery. Let's talk about the Giants defense. Now, overall, you look at this group, a lot of new faces, a lot of young faces, how do you think this group is coming together based on, you know, what we've seen now that we're a weekend? I think it's starting to come together pretty nicely, man. I like the defense. I'm actually excited about the Gi- the Giants defense. I think this defense um, could be in the top half, top 15 defense. Um, and I, I think the continuity is going to be key for them from the, from the front seven and, you know, adding a few pieces here and there. I think they they're starting to slowly work on now the depth as opposed to the front line starters. I think the front line guys are really ready to go. Depth wise, we're starting to see them slowly bring guys on, slowly develop, and it's starting to take shape. I I really enjoy watching this Giants defense operate so far as in camp. Let's start with that defensive front. You know, uh, I think the most experienced guy I want to say has what. Four years, five years, that would be Olsen Pierre. Um, otherwise, you know, Dalvin Thompson's going into his, I believe, his third season. B.J. Hill into his second season. You know, Big Dexter, Big Dexter Lawrence is, is uh, in, uh, a rookie. Uh, R.J. McIntosh is another guy we got to we gotta talk about. I mean, just watching these guys and how they've been moving them around. Do you see a lot more versatility in this unit than maybe in the past? Absolutely. And what's interesting about the versatility is that you can't really judge a book by its cover because on its surface, when you see Dexter Lawrence and Delvin Thomas and you're like, okay, these are two nose tackles, but really they're interchangeable. They can play nose. They can play the shade. They can play a five, which Dexter Lawrence is going to be playing uh, mostly within his defense. And Thomason is going to play the nose. BJ Hill is playing the other five technique. um, And he has shown the ability to, to pressure the QB. So I think when you look at Lawrence and Thomason next to one another and, and Lawrence and Hill is showing the ability to collapse a pocket with Thomason being able to hold his own at the at the nose, it's, you know, I think it, that just makes them even more versatile, especially I think you'll see them move Lawrence uh, to the nose and Thomason out on the, on the end, depending on the matchup. If they feel as though they can get a better matchup with Lawrence over the opposing center this particular week, He's going to play the nose. If not, they're going to put him at the five. If they feel as though, you know, the tackle is a better matchup for him, a guy that struggles, let's say, with power rushers, then Lawrence is going to be playing over the tackle and is going to eat him alive. So I think their defensive line, their front line guys are going to be excellent. R.J. McIntosh is a sleeper uh, for a camp surprise. And I think he started to play better 
as he got on the field last year and is just carrying that over now to camp. You see size, you see power, um, and you see the ability to collapse the pocket from this defensive line so far in camp. Yeah, indeed. Now, we've only seen two padded practices, so it's still kind of early, but let's hone in, if we can, on Dexter Lawrence. They've moved him. Basically, he's been playing uh, that that defensive end spot. I don't think I've seen him a whole lot at the nose tackle or, or even at the one tech, though. But just based on what you've seen watching him in the drills, I mean, do, do you feel that he has that skill set to go up and down that line as needed? Absolutely. That's why if, I, if you go back to his presser, I want to say it was in May, I asked him the question. I was like, how much of it do you think, uh, you know, like a misconception of, of your game is that you can't get to the quarterback? How much of that is, you know, what you were asked to do at Clemson juxtaposed to what you can do and he laughed and was like that was a great question because you know people think I can't rush the passer but I wasn't asked to and the times I, I was able to do that I was able to get pressure and collapse the pocket and beat my guy one-on-one and despite him being 6'5 350 he has pretty quick feet and and you know when you combine that with his length and his his uh, core strength it makes him a problem and so having that ability to play outside but but also having the size and length and strength to play inside makes him a you can see why he was a first round pick uh, because it's hard to find tall long big guys with quickness you know out there in college football that has his level of consistency so it's gonna be a terrific player and what about dalvin thompson now at the end of last year, you know, they moved him to that nose tackle spot. He, I don't think he showed the power that maybe Damon Harrison had. Where's his best fit on that line? Because they've, they've worked him in that middle, that, at that nose tackle spot, at that one tech spot. I'm not so sure that's his best spot. I mean, do you think that, that he can get by with his skill set or, or do you think he's better off someplace else? I think he can get by and he can also play other spots. But I think for him at the nose is you you don't have to be uh, you can't. We all can't beat Snacks Harrison, who's one of the best at his position, if not the best at the position in the NFL. So for Thomason, he's just going to have to win a little bit differently. He's going to have to win with quickness and, and positioning. He's probably not going to win consistently down and down out with core strength, um, even though he has it. But. I think his his best bet is to find ways he can win, and he's a pretty smart guy. Uh, you spend time with him, talking to him, you, he really understands the game. So he understands pressure points and, and where he can attack a, an opposing offensive lineman, and that's where he's going to have success. Now, hopefully they don't ask him to anchor um, consistently because, like you said, that's probably not where his strong suit lies. But if they're asking, if they're giving him the opportunity to – pick and choose how he wants to defend on any given snap, the opposing lineman, he's going to thrive because I, I do believe he can win in a multitude of ways by switching it up as opposed to being asked to do one thing over the course of a game. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I want to see more out of him. I mean, he, as a rookie, I think he, he played solidly and, and then just kind of tailed off a little bit. Um Emery, a guy that jumped out at me, and he's actually a guy, folks, that I'm going to have on the podcast later this week, R.J. McIntosh. Saw him making a few plays, especially on the uh, Saturday practice. I mean, did you happen to catch that? And and, and uh, what do you see? Where do you see him fitting in? 
he's got length, man. Uh, you know, and he's he's been a couple passing windows and passing lanes have made things really difficult. And he has he has actually the ability to play five or to even play out if you if they were running a four three, you play out on that um on that end as a seven because he has the length and, and you know quick twitch to turn the corner. Uh, so I'm excited to see how he's gonna, he's going to fit in because sometimes if they want to go speed, they could even take out Tomlinson and put B.J. Hill and R.J. McIntosh along with Lawrence out there and and take Tomlinson off the field. So he gives them the flexibility to do a lot of different things up there defensively. Yes, indeed. And we let's move back now to the linebackers. Let's start with the off-ball linebackers. Um, B.J. Goodson looks like he's he's in for a battle of, of his uh, of his young career here. Ty Davis is coming on strong. Um, what do you see in that competition? I like Davis's ability to cover. Uh, Goodson has very good football awareness. Is for him, it's all about staying healthy. Goodson also does a great job, and when he sees the when he is able to quickly diagnose the running play, whether it's going left or right and he finds a gap, like he gets from point A to point B in an instant. Like we've seen him a couple times just shoot gaps and blow up the run, like to where if this was a live hitting you know, drill or, or if it was in a real game, he would have blown up the running back. And this is not strictly you know coming right downhill, but this is on like outside zone. He's shooting gaps. He's anticipating. He's beating guys to the spot and flying through. Um, and with Davis, Davis has good range. Um, and you see him consistently close on on tight ends and close, uh, you know, gaps in end zone to really take away an option for a receiver cutting across the middle of the field. So that's a good problem to have. If B.J. Goodson stays healthy, that's great. If Tay Davis continues to develop and, and, and progress in the in the run defense department, that's even better um, because it creates that depth and, and gives them some options to what they could do on the inside outside of Alec Ogletree. And then speaking of Ogletree, he had a pretty good year, especially in coverage. Was that a fluke in your opinion, or is it something that, that he can, you know, maybe wasn't able to do with the Rams because he wasn't given the opportunities to do it that way? Confidence is is, is a fickle thing, man. And if you have success at doing something, you start to, to believe that you can do it. And I know he had had his issues in coverage in the preseason last year, early in the season as well. And then he started to find his way, making a couple plays on the ball, find himself around the football, making interceptions. Now, he's not, he's not going to get out there and, and run step for step 40 yards down the field with guys. But as long as he's having success, you know, it's all about stacking positive plays and, and days after one another. I, I think that's a good thing for him. So we'll see. Um, I, I just think that when you look at Ogletree, you're getting a guy that's that's your quarterback, your defense getting guys in the right spot, getting guys lined up. And if he can continue to progress in, in coverage and have those confident plays, uh, he's going to be fine. I, I also like what I saw so far from Ryan Connolly as far as versus the run. Um, you know, his run fits have been fantastic. And that's being in the gap where he's supposed to be, uh, taking an option away from the running back and, and really getting a good fit in a running game. And so I, I think he has been impressive as well as a rookie fifth-round pick. Yeah, he's somebody who I, I got to admit, at first I, I didn't think he was going to, you know, do more than special teams, but he has really come on, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, he, he looks at home and, 
you know, I could see him down the line, maybe taking over for Ogletree, you know, when the Giants decide to move on from him. Emery, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about the edge rushers. So folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have a heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you are interested in running your own business, text 5STAR to 87000 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your business with 5STAR Painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With 5STAR Painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals. And you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how a 5STAR painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than it's going alone. Again, text 5STAR, F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. You're with Patricia Trena and special guest Emery Hanna Football Game Plan. We are talking Giants defense. And if you missed yesterday's show, we broke down the offense. Um, we're talking about observations we had from training camp. Emery has been there. I have been there. And uh, we've talked to the coaches. We've talked to the players. So a lot of information coming your way. And still a lot more to come as the Giants enter second week, the second week of training camp. Emery, let's talk about the edge rushers. And can I just tell you, Lorenzo Carter, man. Oh, my goodness. What I mean, wow. <laughs> He's, he's been so, you know, he, what it's like night and day with him. I mean, agree. Yeah. I mean, he's bulked up, you know, and, and that right there is, that's the other part too. When you look at these rookies and I just talked about Connolly, um, he looks like a college linebacker. So you expect him to bulk up over the course of the season and into the all season of next year. And he'll come back looking like, you know, Dick Buckus. And we see that transformation happen with Lorenzo Carter, who told us after practice he was about 240 by the end of the season. And now he's up to like 253, 254, something around that area. Um, and he looks at his good weight, and that allows him now to, to you know, set the edge even better. He's shown a, a little bit more juice off the edge as far as rushing the passer. He's playing with confidence, and he's having a fantastic camp. Yes, he is. I mean, he seems to be making at least – 
one or two plays per day. And, you know, he's rushing with a plan, something that James Betcher said uh, back in the springtime, and you can definitely see it. And you know what? Having spoken with uh, Lorenzo one-on-one, he's just more confident. He's really brimming with confidence, whereas last year he was kind of this shy, quiet kid who, you know, was trying to be a sponge and soak in as much information as he can as he could. People don't understand how confidence works out there on the football field. I can tell you a quick story from my college football days. Uh, just when I came in as a freshman, you, you, you come in and you think, okay, I, I know how to play football, um, but can I do it at this at this level? And you're trying to, you know, things are just so different as far as like I had to learn what zone running was, zone blocking scheme was. It's like man, I didn't understand it. And, you know, when coach would say, oh, the play is 15, you know, 15 gut. And I'm like, man, so do I hit the five holes? Like, no, you may find a, a hole at the one, the three, five or seven, but you want to aim for the five. That's that was way too much for me to think about. I'm like, man, it, you know, in high school it was different. It was like, you know, 34 dive, hit the four hole. And so I wasn't as confident. But when I, I want to say maybe a week after we started practice and it started to slow down. I started to get it. And I had my first big run um, during the scrimmage. I'm like, whoa. And I, and I look around. I see, like, coach celebrating and my teammates, uh, the running back celebrating. I'm like, man, I, I could do this. Like, this ain't this ain't bad. You know, I, and so the, I started having more success. I had to find my success first, believe that I can do it. And once it was proven that, hey, I could do it, and you start to, okay, this ain't this ain't that complicated. This ain't that hard. And you start to really stack, uh, you know, positive plays and days after one another. And that's what you see with Carter. It's just a different mindset. You know you can play, but you kind of have to prove it to yourself first. And once that first big play happens, then it's all downhill from there. And, you know, let's talk about another young pass rusher that, you know, I think it has a very, very bright future ahead of him. And that's the X-Man. I mean, this kid, when I watch him, Emery, he reminds me a lot of a young O.C. Umanura, just with that first quick step and, and the tools that he has, you know, the, you know, using his hands to keep guys from latching onto him. What do you see when you look at him? I see a, of a version of this year's Lorenzo Carter. He's about the same size as Lorenzo Carter. And when I spoke with him, a couple of days ago, he told me, I, I brought it up. I was like, you know what? People always say you need a Batman to Robin. But in this situation, it's kind of you can there's room for two Batmans because you, you, you're you not a one dimensional player. He talked about that. Like, yeah, I have great quickness off the ball. I can stop the run um, and I can rush the pass. So he said his quickness is his best asset because by the time he gets in the backfield, and the offensive tackle realizes what's going on. He's already causing disruption. So you combine that along with a guy like Lorenzo Carter, who's doing a lot of the same things. And, and the future is very bright and young on the outside for the Giants. Yes, it is. And, and you know, and in addition, they have uh, Marcus Golden, the veteran, who has looked, you know, showing no signs of, of any knee issues, you know, from what he had two years ago. He's looking, you know, sprite and, and you know, actually looks looks younger, if, if that makes any sense, you know, playing with all these young pups. Yeah, he looks good out there, man. And, and, you know, you root for guys like him and you root for guys like Avery Moss. You, you love the player um, and the person, 
And it's always good to see those guys go out there and have success. And, and Golden looks like he's healthy once again uh, and brings that same burst off the edge, too. You know, a- you mentioned Avery Moss. He's a guy who actually intrigues me because, you know, last he made the team as a rookie. Then last year he was on the practice squad. And this year he's trying to to make the team as as a, you know, as an edge rusher. Uh guy to keep an eye on i think you know he he's he's hasn't looked too bad i think you spoke to him didn't you this week um did you have an interview with him i can't remember now no i had an interview with zimenez but i spoke to avery moss his rookie season okay uh, back when the giants went at four three um but now as a you know in a three four like you said he spent that that full year last year on a practice squad learning the nuances of playing off off his off you know with his hand off the ground um, and you start to see him work through that this offseason. I think he's having a better camp than what he did last year. And then again, great person. And when you, you're a great person, you root for those guys to do well because you want to see good things happen to good people. Absolutely. And, you know, Avery Moss, you know, it, it, let's face it, when you get cut from the, the main squad and you, you have to go to the practice squad, it, that that. Your ego takes a little bit of a blow there, but he's handled it very, very well, I think. And he, you know, I think this is a kid who who brings a lot to the table. I mean, I'm very excited about what I've seen from him. I see quickness. I see more confidence. Um, I think this kid can be something special, I think, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when, you know, it all starts to come together, you want to have a multitude of rushers at the second level and the more guys you can rotate in the the better it is for your defense and the the you know the more problems you cause for the opposing offense because they're they're tired and you're fresh just sending in rusher after rusher after rusher i think this is going to be an impressive season for those guys uh, getting after the quarterback indeed emery let's take our final break when we come back we'll talk the defensive secondary the remade defensive secondary folks stay with us we'll be right back Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. You're with Patricia Trena and special guest Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan. We are breaking down the defense after one week of training camp, just kind of throwing out some observations, talking about some issues, concerns, you know, positive developments and whatnot. And Emery, let's talk about that defensive secondary. And let's start first with the, with the safeties there. Now, here's an interesting thing. At the start of camp, the Giants were actually uh, auditioning some additional safeties. And, you know, we thought, well, maybe it was because um, Cameron Moore had been suspended. The more I, I kind of like looked at it objectively, I think that the Giants are probably looking to go and develop a situation where they have three safeties, where maybe, I don't know, maybe they move Jabril Peppers into that money backer role, have Antoine Bethay play a little bit closer because that'll maybe erase any concerns they might have with having him play the deep ball and then having whoever the young guy is take care of the deep center field things. Now, they didn't sign anybody, but they've been moving, they've been playing Julian Love at that position. Does he have the skill set that fits that type of work? Absolutely. Um, and Coach Sherman spoke about it today. He spoke about spatial awareness, and I'm big on spatial awareness. Do you know where you are on the field? Do you know what's going on around you? And if you do, can you put yourself in position to make the play? That's why guys tend to have a lot of interceptions or always are around the football. Great spatial awareness. 
in regards to Julian Love, it's because he's able to understand what kind of concepts are, are coming at him. He understands the passing game and and knows route combinations. So he's able to anticipate, okay, if this in route is if this outside receiver is running a, a short in route, I know for a fact that if I chase this, someone is coming right behind him because you don't normally have your outside guy run an in route without some replacing where he just left. So he understands that he's able to stay patient in his coverage and find himself in the middle between uh, that that in route and that route that complement route that's going to go going to go opposite of him. So that right there tells you that he he can hold his own at safety because he's going to stay patient. He's going to stay deeper than the deepest, and he's going to not take the cheese on. Let's say, for instance, if that outside, if the inside receiver is running a, a deep in route and he's playing safety and he bites on that in route, knowing that there's a post going behind him, he's going to stay deep on that post until the quarterback throws the football and that he's going to drive on the route wherever the ball is going. So, yes, he has it. I wouldn't also count out Michael Thomas, too, because I think his spatial awareness is excellent. He has a great understanding of, of the game as well, and it seems to be a leader out there in the secondary. So I would almost trust but they going back deep as a center fielder because you have two shallow guys that do a great job of understanding zone coverage and, and are spatially aware in both Michael Thomas and Julian Love if need be. Yeah, that that's an I think I just think that whole, you know, thing is kind of interesting because you know, these days you kind of need your, your linebackers, you need them to cover. They're they're not just, you know, hole fillers anymore. They've got to be able to drop back in the coverage because teams are, are passing more more than they are running the ball and you know how many times do we have to see the Giants linebackers get beaten by a tight end over the middle I mean I, I don't know about you but I'm sick of it and I, I just think that you know what they're trying to do here or what I think it is they're trying to do hopefully will solve that problem yeah and the thing is when you have a bunch of the guys that are that are like the same types um, that are great communicators great instincts good spatial awareness, you're going to always be in a good spot defensively because those guys will communicate with one another. They'll put themselves and others in the right spot, and they'll make a lot of plays. Yeah, but fingers crossed. Now, Emery, let's talk about those cornerbacks. A lot of youth, a lot of uh, uh, aggressive play. You know, um, with it, the first couple days of camp, we saw a lot of flags and uh, Pat Shermer, you know, explained it. He said, look, you know, these guys weren't able to do bump and run during the springtime because of the non-contact nature of the game. But you know what? I like that they're drawing the flags because it shows me that they're they're going to be physical with receivers, which is something they really weren't last year. Um, I just don't think they were, they bumped and you know it deployed bump and run enough times last year and you know yes i want to see the the penalties er, you know erase but the fact that they're willing to get their hands on these receivers and and you know be physical with them that's a great thing yeah and here's the thing because if you're if your pass rush can't get there the timing of the the passing play is thrown off because you have guys that can really press and and get their get their hands on a receiver and throw off everything or even just rerouting guys and, and taking them into a, you know, running them through your zone to where you're in a good spot coverage wise. So yes, you want guys like Deandre Baker, like a Sam bill, like Jenkins that can, that can play press 
and, and when I'm talking about press, it's not just necessarily with your hands, but you can also, you know, play tight press coverage with, with your footwork and, and keep a guy, you know, stymied at the line of scrimmage. So I think they've done a great job just retooling the secondary. I like what I've seen so far from this entire group. Yeah, I have too. And you know what? I also like the fact that there haven't been a lot of busted coverages. No, not at all. You see guys communicate, and that's why you want your Jabril Peppers and your uh, Michael Thomases, your Antoine Bethes, you know, communicating on the back end. And at corner, um, you a lot of times you're you're working in conjunction. To be honest with with some of these buzzing linebackers, like okay, hey, if I if number one crosses my face and is running toward you, and your guy is crossing your face. I'll take your guy coming into my area. You take this guy that's, you know, running through your zone. And and because of that, you're staying, you know, in great situation to where you're reading the pattern on the fly. You're passing guys off effectively and you're still in great position to make a play if need be. Indeed. And Emery, like I asked you for the offense, I'm going to ask you the same thing for the defense. Tell me what most excites you and most concerns you about that side of the ball. What most concerns me is the inside linebacker spot uh, because as much as we talked about Goodson being great uh, and Davis having a good camp and Connolly showing his, showing his worth as a fifth-round pick and Ogletree making some improvements late last season, I still worry about that group. You know, health for Goodson, um, consistency for Davis, and coverage consistency for Ogletree. Uh, that's what I worry about. But I'm excited about the defense as a whole. Like I said before, I think this defense could be top 15. I think they'll be able to get to the quarterback. They'll be able to stop the run. And I absolutely love the secondary. I don't care if there's a bunch of young guys back there. There's a bunch of young guys with ball skills. Corey Ballantyne is another one that has great ball skills and great instincts and, and, and great awareness and is versatile, can play that safety role as well, in addition to playing nickel or on the outside. So they got versatility. They got playmaking ability. And they got a bunch of guys that understand where they are on the field. I think this defense will surprise a ton of people. I think they're going to be really good. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And they really need this defense to step up because, look, how many times did they not fail to make a stop or, you know, not hold the coverage? And it, it just needs to come together. And I think now James Betcher has everything he needs in order to run the type of defense that he wants. At least I hope he does. Um, and, and I think, you know, we talk about, well, do they have enough to get the pressure and, you know, get the sacks and get the quarterback off his mark? I think they do. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think, you know, the concern overall I have is whether or not this defense, you know, they'll they'll get their stops, they'll get their opportunities, and you hope the offense doesn't waste those opportunities because if not, you're going to see this defense, while good, be on the field a lot, and it's going to look bad statistically, but really in practice, this is a really good defense. Yes, it is, and let's hope, Emery, that it all comes together, that they're able to overcome this adversity. One final point I just want to make before we call it a show Um we were talking, Ed, Ed Valentine and I were talking about this, and I think you and I might have spoken about this as well, but this team is all ball, and, and you know, that was the message on the back of the of the shirts. It's, it's basically a boring team and that you don't have guys who are, you know, brands, that you don't have guys who are, you know, uh, going to be in the headlines for, for reasons other than football. Just one final thought from you, Emery, when you have a team that's kind of bland like that is that a good thing or a bad thing in the long run 
it's a good thing. As long as you execute. I mean, at the end of the day, you could be the loud, boisterous team. You could be the team that just goes about their business. There's no flash with the New England Patriots, um, and they are successful. There's a lot of flash with the Baltimore Ravens, and they are successful. So it, it just we saw the Jaguars defense two years ago be successful, and they were all brash. So it's all about execution. And, you know, so whether you go about it quietly, calmly, or in your face actively, as long as you're executing, then your way is the best way. Absolutely. And let's hope week two brings uh, brings them closer together. Let's hope that the the problems we saw on offense, you know, with the run blocking improve, let's hope that the defense continues to accelerate its its gelling process. Emery, great stuff is as always, tell the folks what you got coming up on football game plan. Well, we got a lot of stuff coming up on football game plan, some college football stuff that we're working on. You can catch the football game plan TV show if you have optimum cable on channel 238 every Thursday and Friday at 630 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and we also have some more of our uh, NFL 100 stuff that we got coming out, some cool stuff, our football game plan top 100 uh quarterbacks running backs receivers we go by each position of all time uh we have our all afc or afc and nfc conference team so we'll have our all nfc east team nfc south team blah 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 we'll go throughout the different the eight conference eight divisions uh with that so be on the lookout for all kind of content coming from football game plan wow sounds great emory can't wait to take a look at it want to thank you for coming on giant fans want to thank you for listening make sure you tune in we've got a full week of program programming coming up we're going to have practice reports starting up uh for the wednesday show we're also going to have interviews one-on-one interviews that i've done with players i have paul perkins i have center james o'hagan i have um rj mcintosh those are three interviews that i was able to record and i can't wait to share them with you for emory hunt this is patricia trainer thank you so much for listening and we'll talk again soon